0: Hey everyone, it's Graham Taylor here at Hudson Rose. I hope you're all well with episode four of the Hudson Rose Mortgage Podcast. I uh, can't believe we're episode four already. It's getting exciting now. We've had um, the first three episodes. We've given you a bit of overview about uh, what mortgages are, um, how to buy a home in terms of the overall process and steps you need to take to make sure you get the property that you want. And also a little bit last time on um, financial advice and what the devil that is all about. Um, so hopefully you're finding these useful. They're designed to give you an overview of some of the things you're going to encounter when you're buying a house or buying a flat in the UK uh, with a mortgage and just demystify some of the processes that uh, you're going to go through because it's not something that everybody does every day. In fact, we do it a few times in our life, I would imagine. So um People expect us to be experts, but that's obviously not going to be the case, but this is something that i've been doing every week for the last thirteen years, and hopefully we'll continue to keep doing it because I quite enjoy it so anyway this um, this episode today is the first part on mortgage affordability, which is a bit about how much you can borrow so what I want to do is just address some of the questions uh, uh, that we get asked on a regular basis, give you an understanding of how mortgage affordability works from a lender's point of view, so to give you an idea of how they arrive at that figure. they're going to lend to you so as always if you uh, like the content if you want to get in touch with us and find out more you can find us at the hudson rose facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash hud rose or check the website www.hudson-rose.co.uk and of course if you need any help with your mortgage you can give me a bell on 0330 122 9920 but here we go this is affordability part one hope you enjoy and we'll speak soon bye Okay, so mortgage affordability, then let's uh, kick this off. I'm going to do this in two parts because it's quite a heavy subject. And uh, we're not going to cover all angles of mortgage affordability. But hopefully, I'll be able to give you an overview of what it is, how it's calculated some things to be aware of. And then you'll be well armed to go forward and find out all the information you need when you're getting your mortgage. So mortgage affordability is simply the way in which a lender calculates how much money they're going to lend to you. Now, you'll hear a lot of people, generally from people that have bought houses quite a while ago, talk about the fact that, well, you know, lenders are only going to lend you three times a single income or three and a half times your income or 3.75 times joint income. And it's, it's all based on this multiple of your incomes or your and uh, your partners, if you're buying someone else's income. Okay. Truth be told, that's not true. Um, that used to be how it was many years ago. You know, you get your cloth cap in hand and you go down to the, uh, the, 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 building society and you'd sit in front of the bank manager, the building society manager, and you'd say, please, can I buy this house? We lend me the money and they'd look at it all and work out from there. It's a lot more uh, intricate than that, to be honest. Um, Mortgage affordability is based against your income. So that much is true, but it's not just a hard multiplier against some income and then coming out with a figure at the other end. All lenders have different ways of calculating affordability and they do this with their affordability calculators which we'll come on to a, a little bit later on the episode um, essentially the way it works they take a number of different factors so they look at your income which will be your gross such so your before tax annual income and they'll also look at what you take home after tax each month and then they'll put it in their calculator allowing for different deductions and different additions as well along the way so you might have uh, a section on their calculator that says Um, Do you get a car allowance and they'll pop that in and they might have a deduction for childcare vouchers, or they might have a deduction for um, a season ticket loan or whatever it might be if you're employed. And then they're also going to put in your general expenses. So they might ask you, well, what do you spend on groceries per month? Um, Do you have any uh, school fees? Do you have any loans, any credit cards, any store cards, any higher purchase, all these sorts of things that are going to uh, come off your income each month to give you a figure left over with what you're able to spend on your mortgage. Now, it's not as simple as just saying if you've got £500 a month left over after they've done their affordability calculation and your mortgage is going to be £495, then you're going to be okay. Because what they have to do is they have to work out, well, what happens if interest rates go up? So a lender doesn't just look at what it costs you today, they're going to look at what is that loan going to cost you if the interest rates got by maybe two, three, sometimes even 4%. And what they do there is called stress testing. So they're stress testing your income against future rate rises. Now, what lenders do with this information and how they process it varies from lender to lender. And that's why every different mortgage lender has a different affordability calculation. Because you imagine they've got certain types of business they want to attract. It's in their business plan, if you like, the sort of clients, the sort of customers they want to lend money to. And they can tweak their affordability calculators to make sure that they get that sort of business. So the amount of depth and the amount of information you need to enter when uh, applying for a mortgage will vary from lender to lender. Some lenders will ask you to self-declare things like your um, monthly food shop or your weekly food shop and your petrol expenses and, and all these sorts of things. They'll ask you to put it down on the application form and they'll check that against things like bank statements to make sure that it all tallies up other lenders will have a very minimal uh, questioning on terms of affordability. They're really going to only ask things like your loan payments, your credit card balances, your higher purchase payments, those sorts of things. And then what they're going to do is when the application comes in, they're going to use um, ONS data, so that's the Office for National Statistics. They're going to uh, take data that they already have from the uh, from ONS, from the ONS, I should say, uh, and they're going to match it against your situation. So they might say, well, we've got um, two people with uh, two children living in this area of the country with this postcode we know that the ons data says that the uh, average living cost for someone in that situation is going to be x pounds per month and therefore we're going to take that figure per month and take it off the net income to work out what we've got to play with at the end before we start doing our our mortgage stress tests and everything else so not all lenders are going to ask uh, as many in-depth questions as to what your outgoings are going to be But if they're not asking you the questions, they're going to get it from some other source, which could be ONS data. Now that sometimes can work in your favour. Sometimes it can work against you. So it's important to be able to understand these different nuances between the different lenders uh, and crucially make sure that you're going to get the right loan because you want to be able to make sure you can buy the house that you want to get. The other thing to mention is that with affordability calculators, it is all based against your income. Um, The amount of deposit you have to put down does have a small effect if you've got a five percent deposit versus a ten percent deposit then you'll often find you can borrow slightly more with a slightly larger deposit once you've got more than about 25 20 25 percent uh of the purchase price to put down as deposit you'll find that the affordability calculation doesn't make um it doesn't give you a much bigger figure because it is based against your income. So sometimes people will come to me and they'll say, well, you know, I only need to borrow uh, £100,000, um, but I've got a deposit of £200,000, which is a great situation to be in, by the way. But it doesn't necessarily mean that if they haven't got the income to support that £100,000 loan, then a lender's not going to lend it just because they've got a big deposit. Because what a lender's trying to do with these affordability calculations is twofold, is to make sure that they're protected that You're going to basically pay your mortgage each month and you've got the money to do so. Um, but it's also an element of protection for you as the customer, because what they don't want to do is they don't want to be repossessing houses if they can uh, if they can help it. Um, it's not good for business. It's not a particularly nice thing to do. And it costs them a lot of money. Um, furthermore, because we're dealing when we're dealing with residential mortgages, as we are in this case, it's a regulated area. So the Financial Conduct Authority regulate this type of transaction and they need to say to the banks, and they have said to the banks, uh, you need to lend responsibly. And if you're not checking affordability, as let's be honest, if uh, if you remember what happened pre 2008, 2009, that was basically what was going on. They weren't checking affordability. But they're now saying if you're, you know, you need to be checking affordability to make sure you're not uh, messing around with people's homes and not repossessing properties unnecessarily. Right. So we know what mortgage affordability is. We know what questions the lenders going to ask. How do we find out how much they're going to borrow? Well, you can Google around online and uh, you can find some lenders affordability calculators and you can find some generic affordability calculators. A lot of broker sites will have affordability calculators on them. Um, I would urge a bit of caution. Uh, There's a reason for this. You'll often find that the affordability calculators you see online aren't robust enough to give you an accurate answer. What do I mean by that? Have a play around with some. What you'll often see is that they do tend to just throw out an income multiple of whatever income you put in. Often it's far up to five times. The reason why it goes up to five times is though, although I've sort of talked before about the fact that it is affordability rather than just income multiples, there is an element of income multiples that comes into it. And you'll often find that five times is a cap. You know, you can't really get beyond five times your income. There are some, there are some, um, some caveats to that. It is possible sometimes to arrange more than five times your income. But for the most part, the 90% of the population, that's where it's going to cap out. So why do they have these calculators? Why do these calculators exist to just throw out a number that doesn't give you the actual affordability? Simply, if I'm being totally cynical, it's marketing. The idea is, is that you're going to enter some figures onto there, get a big number out the other side and think, well, that's good. I'll get in touch and ring them and and off we go. Um, The reality is when you start going through that process and they start asking you the questions, be that from a bank or a broker, when they start asking more in-depth questions about your income and uh, how it's made up and your sources, you might find that that figure drops down a bit. The reason is, is because not all income is taken um, at a hundred percent sometimes it only takes 60 percent of certain incomes and i'm going to come onto to that in the next episode when we kind of drill into the different types of income and and how that works with affordability so by all means have a play on some calculators online but keep a look and see what keep a look out for what numbers coming back and work out if it is just x times the amount, the, the numbers you put in if you want to get a true idea of affordability, you do need to speak to someone. And that could either be uh, a bank or it could be a broker, a whole market broker like myself. And what you'll find is that you'll you'll get a, a much better result once somebody has asked you the, the questions. It might seem a bit heavy going. It might be like, oh, God, we're we going to do all this for when they're saying, you know, what's your credit card exact balance on that? What's your you know, loan outstanding and how many months has it got to go? You know, show me your payslips, all those kind of things. But the reason is, is that by doing that work up front, you're giving the individual um, all the information they need to then run calculations with multiple lenders. You know, as brokers, we have tools available to us that can run calculations in depth with, uh, you know, many lenders very quickly. So we can get a real idea of where your affordability lies. And we can refine that back with your payships, with your income things to get an exact figure of what you're going to be able to borrow. And the benefit to you is that when you start going to look at properties, you know Uh, that you know the figure that you can get pretty much because the next stage will be to do an agreement in principle which will sort of uh, do the credit check as we've mentioned before but you've got a firm idea, you're not going to get disappointed whereas if you go with just finding a calculator online um, and and tapping in your numbers and thinking that's the right figure without going that stage further and discussing it with someone nine times out of ten you're probably going to be disappointed when you go through to that second stage and they start saying well actually no we can't lend you quite that much it's a little bit less the other thing to mention is that the lender's calculators you'll often find on the customer facing sites are not as in depth as the ones that we as brokers get access to because they want to keep it simple. It goes back to that marketing thing again. If you're going on a lender's website, they're not going to present you with a form with you know 50 fields for you to fit in to find out how much you can borrow because they know that you're probably going to go no, nah, I'm not doing this, and just uh, and, and click off onto, to, onto another site. So they want to keep it slick because their aim is to get you to call them so you can uh, so they can process their mortgage for you. Remember, we talked about before, they can only tell you about their products. They can only advise you on what their products are when you're dealing with a bank directly. So it's all about getting feet through the door, as it were, or you on the telephone, as it probably is nowadays, to be able to sell you their products. If you uh, speak to someone like myself, if you look at the sort of tools that we use, we'll ask you more questions. But then because we've got the ability to go to uh, more lenders, we can give you, we can find out exactly where that sweet spot is and who's going to lend you what you need and crucially at the best cost. So that concludes the first part of mortgage affordability. I don't want to make it too heavy. It's a bit of a dry subject. Um, but as I say, the point of these podcasts is just to give you a broad overview and give you sort of bite-sized chunks of what on earth is going on in the background with all these conversations that you may be having with different people. So we'll cover off a little bit more on the types of income that are used in mortgage affordability next time, because not all income is created equal, as we will see. Um, but hopefully you found that useful. Let us know. Uh, as ever, you can get in touch with me at uh, the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash HUDRose. But whatever you're doing, I hope you are well. And uh, if you have any specific questions for your circumstances or want to cover off any topics, uh, drop me a line and let me know. Uh, and I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye.